Hi, I'm Yvonne Pran from Effective Church Communications, and welcome to How the Five Steps and Successful Seasonal Strategy Work Together to Enable Your Church to Fully Fulfill the Great Commission and Throw Some Great Parties at the Same Time. This course talks about how two key strategies work together, but you don't have to watch them first, although you can if you want to. I do have two overview courses, one on the five steps of effective church communications and marketing, and one on successful seasonal strategies. The links to them and to the videos on YouTube are on the Effective Church Communications website, and I also have books that go with both of them. Again, links to them on the Effective Church Communications website. But you don't have to watch or read the books. You'll get a lot out of this video alone just watching it. Now, first of all, let me give you a quick review of the five steps of Effective Church Communications and Marketing. It was developed as a practical way to obey the Great Commission, where Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Now let me quickly review the five steps because people immediately recognize the value of them in a strategy like this. Instead of your communications being scattered and just doing whatever, whenever, you structure them in this way. First of all, you work to invite unchurched people into the church. Then you inform them of what is going on in the church about the Christian faith, what it means to personally trust Jesus as Savior. Then you work to include them in the church. You want them to become church members. You want them to become involved in small groups. You want them to become involved in the church outside of Sunday morning. Number four, once you get them involved in different things, you want to instruct them. You want to grow them up in the Christian faith. And last of all, you want to inspire them to integrate their faith into all of life as shown by their character, witness, giving, and service to the local church, community, and missions. Now, as I said, when people see this, they immediately go, oh yes, that makes sense. I like it. I could see how it could work. But the question is, where do I start? And so this is where the successful seasonal strategies can help because seasonal events are an easy and natural way to invite guests to church. That can begin the process. They're also a way to grow your congregation as disciples, which helps complete the process. We're going to go through each step and illustrate how to practically accomplish each step with Easter communications. All of the pieces shown are available on the Effective Church Communication website as free downloads in templates or modifiable ones, whatever you want to do. You can either print them out as is or you can modify them. Now, having said that we're going to illustrate this with Easter, let me also assure you that this same procedure works for all holidays and all special events. Now, number one, invite. Tom Rainier tells us that 96% of unchurched people say they are likely to attend church if simply invited. Wow, that is really an astounding statistic. But you need a reason 
to invite people to church, and a seasonal event provides it. It's a natural time to invite people. It's what we sometimes call an easy ask. Now, nothing beats a personal invitation. The church can create these in paper, online. You can create postcards, invitation cards. You can create media messages, all of those sorts of things. But what is really important, what I want you to understand, is that the church needs to stop at the creation of the invitations and that the actual inviting be done by your people. Now, it's really important because if the church both creates and distributes them, what does that teach your people? That teaches them that evangelism and outreach become something that the church buys. Leadership makes the decisions and outside company does the work. People are merely spectators. Now, this might be how many churches do it today, but I really don't think it's a good idea. The problem is that if we do this, it is a totally unbiblical approach. The Great Commission was not given to a select few. Jesus didn't say, okay, you pastors and churches with enough money to buy your outreach, you come over here and I'll talk to you. No, 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 no. We are all to share our faith and grow as disciples. And to not involve everyone is a huge waste of the great opportunities that seasonal events give you. Now here's how you can use your people, how you can get them involved. You want to be very intentional using this as a time to grow your people. Because motivating old-fashioned what we call evangelism is a really tough sell today. But asking a friend to a party, that's not so hard at all. But there's more to it than that. You want to motivate and challenge your people to be involved, to pray, and you want to give them reasons why. I have this flyer that I've actually modified for many of the major seasonal events and this has worked out really well. You get on the website you can either download it in two different formats or I have the text if you want to put it out there as a social media thing. But let me just read it to you. I'll kind of skim over some parts of it. But here's how it starts. It goes, here's a great idea. Invite your friends to church this Easter season. Or four reasons why I should bother to pray, ask, and remind people to come when I'd rather just sit around and munch the ears off chocolate Easter bunnies. Number one, life is scary. The economy, terrorism, crazy weather, there's a lot to be afraid of in our world. But those who've met the one who calms storms know that though the journey might be challenging, we are ultimately promised a safe harbor. Invite your friends to meet Jesus, the only reliable guide through scary times. Two, people are lonely. And uh, it goes on to say that, you know, St. Augustine said we all have a God-shaped vacuum. Only Jesus can fill. Everyone needs a purpose. As a former Watergate conspirator said, many people live their lives climbing the ladder of success only to realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. And then number four, and this is really, really important, we're all going to live forever. Most folks today believe that, and the Bible agrees. The question is, if you're going to live forever, in what neighborhood will you live?
Jesus promises for those who believe in him, they will live in an eternal neighborhood of light, joy, purpose, and companionship with loved ones. But Jesus won't force anyone into his neighborhood. Problem is, any place outside his source of light, joy, purpose, and companionship is an eternal place of darkness, pain, regret, and isolation. Not a neighborhood we want anyone to live in. Invite your friends to meet Jesus so they can live forever in the neighborhood of joy. And then on the back, they can put their friends' names and they can use that as a prayer guide to be praying for who they're going to invite. And it's just a wonderful thing to keep with them as they prepare for the Easter season. Now, then you want to give them the tools. And I have lots of them on the website. I've got invitation cards. I've got postcards. You can modify them. You can use them on social media. You can do whatever you want to, but equip your people to invite their friends. Now, some of them also come with a message. It isn't just a a sort of a teaser thing. For example, I have one picture of a little boy uh, looking in his Easter basket, and it says, looking for something this Easter? And then on the back it says, we all are. It may not be as obvious as a child's search for candy and Easter eggs, but we all search for something often undefined, but never quite gone from the whispers in our mind when all around us is quiet. To satisfy our search, we collect experience, toys, relationships, but after all that, often come to the same conclusion as did C.S. Lewis when he said, If I have found a desire within myself that no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Easter is about the other world, the other life Jesus makes possible. Join us this Easter to find out more. And I have a number of other uh, sayings and, you know, sort of some people call these my little free form verses, whatever, that you are more than uh, free. You're given free permission to use however you want to make them two invitations for this Easter season. Now, after you've invited people, you want to inform people, you want to let them know more what is going on in your church and in the Christian faith. Now, two areas are especially important for seasonal outreach. One, before the events, and then two, at the events. Now, before the events, you want to prepare your website. Looks are not nearly as important as the information that is on it. If people like your invitation, if it appeals to them at all, and of course, you've put all your contact information on that, they will go to your website. Now, think about what are you looking at when you go to a website when you're checking out a business? An unchurched person will want to know similar things about your church. Ask someone if you don't know. Have an unchurched person, somebody who doesn't know anything about your church, actually check out your website. I guarantee you'll learn some very interesting things. And the same goes for all your social media. Don't let them just be insider only. And be sure to repeat your information in all your media channels. Not everyone prefers or accesses the same channel. Some people want print, some people want social media, and then there's all kinds of different social media these days. It is a lot of extra work. But we're servants, and in media, 
preparation, creation, all that we need to do, we need to remember that the least of these today can mean those who don't access the same media channels that we happen to prefer. In practical terms, this means we have to do everything, both in print and online. Now, additional tips for informing people. Overly explain what will be happening, especially now when many people are not familiar with what churches do. People also don't assume they're included. I recently read an advertisement. This church sent it out. I happened to be on their mailing list. It wasn't a church I attended regularly, but they were going to be doing a big backpack filling party. And it really looked like a neat thing. And I was very interested, but I didn't know. Was it for insiders only? Was it just for church members? Could people outside the church come? Were they expected to bring something? They didn't say. And I I just didn't feel like emailing or calling or whatever so I, I just didn't go and you know I'm a church kid I love church I show up for all kinds of things but just keep that in mind when people don't know chances are today they're not going to take the extra step to find out more so tell them everything up front if all the details are not immediately obvious people will rarely take the time to ask these days Now, once people show up, church bulletins are really one of your best resources. Think of them like a program at a play or a menu at a restaurant. They are very essential, very important to inform a visitor of what's going on. People can take it home. They can put it on the refrigerator. They can circle things they want to go to. They have the specifics of the event. And it can also give you the links to websites and other social media. Now I've got tons more on the continuing value of church bulletins. I know some of you are thinking, oh no, 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 we quit doing those during the pandemic. I'm not doing them again. Well, think about it. (laughs) And please do look at some of these resources that are on the Effective Church Communications Library. I have three ebooks that won't take you long to go through. But if you're not a fan of church bulletins, I guarantee that it'll at least give you something to really think about. Now, step two, informing people once they get to the event. In print, online, verbally, you've got to let them know what is going on at your church, what your church does on a regular basis. You also want to explain what might be really special to you and unclear to others. And again, let them know what you do regularly and intentionally invite them back. Give in-person visitors something tangible to take with them. On the website, I have some um, bookmarks. You can print them up. People still use bookmarks. There's flyers and, again, things that they can stick on their refrigerator. I have a cute little thing. Well, I think it's cute. You might not think it's cute. And you can change uh, the graphics and you can do whatever. But I have a little thing from the church bunny that you would give perhaps to parents of children who attended your event. Hi, we hope you enjoyed our Easter events for children. We want you to know this is just a little sample of the great things we have going on each week at our church for your children. On the other side of this sheet is more information. Look it over and please let us know if you have questions. Bring a friend, hope to see you soon, and signed the church money. So, you know, you can do all kinds of things, but the point is 
let people know what else you do, what time it is, invite them back to it. Links and emails are also really important for when you contact people online and be sure that the links are correct, up to date, and that they go to something significant. Some more tips for informing people. Never underestimate what people don't know about Jesus, the Christian faith, your church, and your denomination. The more you can tell them, the better. Overall booklets, brochures, digital links, PDFs, whatever, these all work out really well. And again, on the website, I've got links to uh, brochures. Um, some, some churches go so far as to put together a little booklet that they give to everybody who visits on Easter. It tells them about all the things that the church does. Some of your churches have recovery programs and MOPS programs and wonderful things that visitors might really need. Let them know about it. Another thing, a church did this years ago, and um, I did kind of a mock-up of it, but it was really cute. It's a newcomer's guide to some of the traditions and trivia. This happened to be Fellowship Bible Church, and if your church is named that, it's not you. I had several people email me after I did it and go, well, that's not really true about our church. Oh my goodness. It wasn't meant to be. It's an example. But it was really neat because it had, you know, it, it just explained the different things, what went on at the church, and then what I just absolutely loved is it had a little box that was how to speak the language and it had um, you know different church jargon on it and what a great idea because even though we think we don't use a whole lot of jargon we do and so this kind of makes fun the church is making fun of itself and explaining what some of the different terms mean information tables welcome tables these of course are very important and very helpful now, the most important information of all, of course, is you want to clarify the meaning of salvation and invite a response. Does your church have that clearly spelled out on your website, in your handouts, in your church bulletin? Many multiple exposures might be needed for a person to really understand this. And I would like you, after you get done listening or watching this video, listening to the podcast, watching the video, go to your church website and see if you can easily find out a link on there that tells you how to become a Christian. What does salvation mean? I have been astounded as I've looked at numerous church websites, how many don't have that? And that's the most important thing we're about. So please go back and check that out. And again, on my website, I have lots of examples for you on it. Then also on including, you want to have some sort of a connection card. I've got seasonal ones for you, generic ones, but you must connect before you can include either virtual, paper-based, they both work, but have a way where people can give you their information. And you want to also plant a seed by getting them, by actually inviting them to return. Give them something to think about. I'll read you something in just a minute. I have different ideas for different holidays. It can be an extra handout. It can be something you give people as they go out the door. But again, find, give uh, people a way to link up for more information. Now, 
um, is in marketing, people talk a lot about lead generators. You can; these are things that will get someone to link up with your website or your email or whatever. It's something people want. And in the church, you could give out a ebook on parenting, on finances, on other life skills. You could do some classes, whatever. Here's one flyer that I put together that people have had tremendous success with. It's for for Easter again. It says, "Still have questions." Many people do. You've just heard the story of Jesus rising from the dead, but after you leave the church, when brunch is over and you've had your fill of chocolate, you might wonder, is it just a story, or did it really happen? And if it did, what does it mean to me? If you've got those questions, we've got options for you. On the back of this sheet, we hope you'll check out the resources and events we've got to help you in your research. Take all the time you want. The issues are worth it. Then I have one for Mother's Day. Want to make mom really happy? Come back to church next Sunday. I mean, that would, you know, why not be rather blatant about it? There's so many things you could do, but do something to invite, entice, get people to return. Have events planned so that you can ask them to come back to them. A series of classes, um, question and answer, whatever, that can be very significant. Now, additional information can also be given out at events. For example, you can invite them to latte with a pastor, um, where they can come and ask any question they want. You can do an upcoming sermon series on life after death, on who is Jesus. Was Jesus a zombie? Um, that actually, now I'm not being offensive on that, that was actually a question someone asked me, and on the Bible 805 website, I did, um, I've got a video and I've got a podcast and some answers on that. At our church, uh, coming up after Easter this year, I'm going to be teaching a class on Can We Trust the Bible? A lot of people don't know why Christians believe what they believe, and I'm going to do, I hope, a uh, very seeker-friendly course on why we can trust the Bible and go into a lot of historical things. I have a master's degree in church history, and so I'm planning to make use of that and do a real give and take, and hopefully we'll get lots of people interested in that. You can do your own classes. You can, I, if you want to use mine, um, it'll be on the Bible 805 website, uh, Bible805.com. I'll, I'll have the classes on there. Um, you can also do something like Christianity Explorer. That's a wonderful resource. It's the study of the Gospel of Mark. There's lots and lots of things, but whatever it is, get people back to the church. Invite them back to the church. Plan ahead now because... If you don't do it as soon as possible, you won't have time after your seasonal event. After, in, in the case of Easter, after Easter, you'll be exhausted. You want to have everything in place. Now, step four, instruct. Easter and other holidays, again, raise many questions. Don't go AWOL after the holiday. One thing that I think is really sad is how many churches, after you've... Um, I hope, stimulated all this interest in life after death, in the resurrection, in Jesus, then churches just quit for a couple of weeks sometimes. Plan ahead. Make the most of this seasonal celebration with, again, question and answers, follow-up, sermons, small groups, whatever you can do to connect with what you started at 
your seasonal event. You're doing a special event to connect, so connect! <laughs> Continue the connection with people. Now there are many ways to inform people about the faith and follow-up materials. You can do live Zoom classes, you can do online things, you can, again, I have lots of additional information for this type of thing on the Bible 805 website. Podcasts, you can do them for people. Um, I do mine with Anchor. Um, and I have the link to my, my podcast, but you can just go to the, just do a Google search for Anchor Podcast. You can start your own. It's completely free. It is super easy to do. Maybe you use this time of year to start a podcast to continuously talk to people, answer questions, whatever you'd want to do. Then step five, inspire. You want to inspire your congregation. Thank them for what they've done to make this particular seasonal celebration all that it was for inviting their friends, for reaching out. Hear and share their stories. And let them know that you're going to be doing the exact same process in the future, equipping them to invite their friends and to work to involve them in the church. Now the communication focus here. Lots of thank yous. I've got all kinds of postcards and um, uh, actually Instagrams and emails and all that kind of stuff that you can send out to your volunteers and use every channel every channel possible to remind your congregation how you will continue to use the holidays and special events, not just for fun, but to bring people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. Now to review how the five steps and successful seasonal celebrations work together. Use seasonal celebrations as a natural way to structure your communications and to take your congregation through the five steps of invite, inform, include, instruct, and inspire, all with the ultimate goal of fully fulfilling the Great Commission. This will happen when this happens. This process becomes part of the DNA of your church. So every seasonal celebration is a time to reach out to your community and grow your people as disciples. You can do this. For more training and resources, again, go to the EffectiveChurchCom.com site. And I now have an Effective Church Communications Library online that has dozens of books. And I'm going to be putting the courses on there and just lots and lots of resources for you. It's $5.99 a month or $49.99 a year. And one membership in it is good for your entire church. So do check that out. But if you can't afford that, don't want that, on the website I've got tons of free stuff available for you. So just go to www.effectivechurchcom.com for many more things that I pray will help you grow your church in numbers and your people in spiritual maturity. And now may God bless you. May He give you strength wisdom and joy as you serve him today in church communication.